0: greetings family welcome to the unfiltered collective podcast where we have candid inquisitive and intimate boners about a random mix of contemporary issues this is your girl chi with kalani and zonwa
1: hi chi hi zosh how are girls doing today hey Pube. hi chi i'm good how you guys doing doing good fam cool cool
0: in this episode we'll be discussing toxic relationships So this weekend, I watched a documentary called American Murder, The Family Next Door. So, hashtag, this is going to be a spoiler alert. Essentially, it's about a man who takes out his wife and his three kids. And when you start watching the documentary, you're like, there is no way this man did it. And you know why I didn't think he did it? The social media lovings were lit. Their videos and their pictures were filled with all the fantasies of what family life should look like. So when I was observing this from the outside, I was like, well, these folks are clearly good. Well, back at the ranch, this homie had been done with this woman and he was having an affair with some other side chick. But like, man, I think the one thing that was really awkward for me was divorce is an option. Why are you taking out your whole family? couldn't he have just left one thing i also struggle to understand particularly as relates to women is why don't you just leave home girl particularly when you're in a toxic relationship you know and homeboys as well toxic relationships aren't always gendered but statistically we all know women generally experience the ramifications more often Mm. and i say this from a place of privilege Um, you know, if I was in some crazy situation, you know, with a partner, um, let's say I was married, I know I can always go back home and some folks just don't have that luxury. But even without that luxury, I still struggle to understand why wouldn't you choose yourself? And I know sometimes, you know, people say that they stay for the kids, but children are so perceptive. They can feel negative energies. Is that really the life you want for your children? Um, If it's about cash flow, you can start over. No one is saying it's not hard, but it's not impossible. So that's just one example. But toxic relationships can be with family members. They can be with friends. They can even be with colleagues. But I think what I don't understand is why we cling to these people who clearly don't love us or clearly don't respect
1: us i have been in a toxic relationship myself and i think when you're in the relationship you keep believing that this person will change or you there's instances where you don't it's almost as if the the person who's hurting you or doing something toxic you know, behaving in a manner which is not conducive to this relationship is different to the person that you love. It's almost as if you can't interlink those two personalities. I think that's why it takes people either a long time to leave Or they don't leave at all, and then it ends up being, um, ending in tragedy, like deaths and and whatnot. Because if you look at people who are in physically abusive relationships, or even emotionally abusive relationships, it's like the person they're in this relationship with is is multi-duplicitous, because... Today, they're loving, they're caring. After doing whatever it is that is hurtful to you, they apologize. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you, oh, sort of maybe, you know, it's only that I was angry today at work. It was hectic, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's to, to get yourself, your mindset out of that situation and to actually identify that, listen, no, this is not good for me and i need to pull myself out of this it really takes some doing and yeah that's why i think it takes longer than you would think it would
0: so maybe i'm just hardcore pulani but like let's say it's uh an abusive abusive relationship and you know you're you're physically being abused for instance and The person in question apologizes, but this is a consistent thing. Like, I still don't get it. Like, this person has shown you what they are the first time. They've shown you what they are. But that doesn't mean people shouldn't be forgiven. People do messed up things to each other all the time, and we forgive. But then it happens a second time and a third time, and it happens over the course of years. They've shown you what they are. Why won't you... Why won't you accept it?
2: You know, I used to feel exactly the same way. I used to be very harsh and very judgmental towards people who don't leave toxic relationships, especially women who have been beaten up. I would never understand because I've never been beaten up. No man has ever laid a hand on me. And my mother said to me, I was maybe nine years old or less than she Said, if a guy just even raises a hand at you and it doesn't land on your face, you know, in my language, you call it which is just like he's almost there, but it doesn't get to your face. He said, just that it's enough for you to know that I need to get out because that is telling of what will happen in the future. It didn't land today, but the next time it's definitely going to land on your face. So, I've always had. That if a man hits you, leave. Or even if he even attempts or makes a suggestive move, a suggestive yeah. move that he's going to hit you, leave. So I was very judgmental. And I, I always thought, no, uh-uh. I would leave. I don't understand people don't leave. Until I was in a toxic relationship, and I was in many toxic relationships. You guys have been through, all of them. I myself still couldn't leave because I didn't. It didn't register in my head how toxic those relationships were because I wasn't physically beaten up. So it, I didn't feel like I didn't think or relate to abuse because to me, as much as I know about verbal abuse, as much as I know about emotional abuse, to me, abuse has always been physical. That is because it's evident, Right. There's no way to work around that. There's evidence you've been beaten up. You have bruises. So that's never happened to me. And I would judge those women until it reached a point where I had to look at myself and the situations. And at that point, the current situation that I was in to realize, no, I'm not better than any of those women. I have been abused. And the reason why I didn't leave was quite simply, I developed... Stockholm syndrome mm. and that is something that I think people do not understand um you you can be in a very abusive relationship and people can see you and in that particular relationship it was physical in the sense that it was physical it was physically abusive but not that he beat me up but it was sexually physically abusive mm. so in that relationship the minute that it happened I never wanted to sleep with that guy. He coerced me into having sex with him. Like, you know, I I knew I didn't want to sleep with this guy. He begged me. I don't know for how many, how long he begged me. And you get to a point where you're just like, oh my God, how else do I say no? (laughs) I've been saying no. I'm in this situation. I can't get home. I'm in a place I don't know. I'm in this house I don't know with this guy. I don't know how to get home. I've said no. I don't know how many times I said no. I don't know how else to say no. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. Like, I need to sleep. I need this to be over. Okay. And then you you succumb and you do it. It doesn't feel great whether you're on top or, or not. You're just like, okay, I'm having sex now. <laughs> and you, you're not happy about it. And you feel so dirty mm. afterwards, right? But I remember the moment it happened. The next day we woke up and he... Drops me off, I was in varsity, he dropped me off at the taxis, and he was a, a UCT student, uh, he dropped me off at the taxi rank, and I remember that moment when I was just arriving at Stellenbosch, the switch that happened in my brain of, oh, okay, so this is what it is, this is what men want, this is what I, I, I equal to, I am, I guess, a sex object, and that's it. But then the weirdest thing that happened after that was the obsession I then had with him. I didn't expect it, but it just happened. I had this obsession that I had to see him again. I had to be around him. I needed I needed him to either show me that he loves me, show me it wasn't dirty. It was it was, you know, and I was obsessed. His friends saw me chase him. You guys mm. saw me chase him. And there are people, if I I come back and be like, guys, this man raped me or coerced me into sex that I didn't want, no one would believe me because people saw me chase this person because I then developed something that I didn't even know what it was called at that time. I had Stockholm syndrome where this person was incredibly abusive, became my fixation An obsession that I needed to chase, I needed to be with it. It was very terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it lasted for a very long time,
0: by the way. Yeah. And, you know, just on the Stockholm Syndrome, Zondwa, like you said something very interesting about I needed to show him that I love him or something along those lines, right?
2: It wasn't a dirty thing that happened. It was mutual. I wanted it to happen. I needed to make it seem as if I was okay with it so that I don't feel like those women that I've judged so much. That I'm not a rape victim. Yeah. I'm not a victim. I wasn't raised by a weak mother. Why the hell would I be a victim? So I'm not a victim. So I had to prove to myself that this thing wasn't toxic. It wasn't what I've always thought I would never stomach. You know what yeah. I
0: mean? And so the interesting thing for me there is like, then what is our understanding of what love is in these particular contexts? Because I'm sitting on my end and I'm looking at this from the outside and I'm like, this is toxic. But on the other end, mm-hmm. the person who's involved in there, in that situation is interpreting this as being loved. You know? And so it's it's closely tied to the Stockholm syndrome. But that being said, like, if I'm honest, what is is this love thing anyways, right? How do you articulate it in words in a way that's meaningful? Because I think oftentimes for me, when I speak of love, I speak of a feeling. I don't know how to interpret love in terms of, tangible things if I can put it that way so let's say I was dating a person who's mad paid and he he can buy me a mansion and a vehicle that wouldn't just given my personality type that wouldn't necessarily make me feel loved if I can put it that way I've always felt love I I kind of know it when I encounter it Um, but that being said yeah I just I think it's very interesting that you know from one person's vantage point, it's, it could be as simple in our heads as why don't you bounce? But back at the ranch, it's Stockholm Syndrome, and this person is really trying to understand, really thinks that this is how this person communicates their love.
1: Yeah, she, love. <laughs> love is a choice for me. It's not a feeling. It is I choose to love you. It is I choose to accept you with your multifaceted character. For me, it's not a feeling. The feeling for me is like an infatuation. If I feel like I love you, I'm infatuated with you. I'm, I am am i i don't love you. It's an infatuation. So touching on what Zosh said, my experience and Zosh's experience are very parallel. They're so similar. I also had a gray rape. I stayed oh. in the relationship for three years. Three years where... I needed to believe this guy was telling me with his mouth that he loves me and then his actions would not corroborate his words. They were totally in contrast with each other. So I wanted to believe that he loved me, but I knew that by his actions, this guy didn't love me. I mean, this guy was to the point where, you know what he did? It was like, I was torn down by that gray rape thing. I totally lost a sense of who I was. And I totally lost a sense, uh, mm. what is it semblance of a grip on reality. I had been someone for so long, I'd been such a strong Ooh. character and it felt like this person was just tearing me down layer by layer by layer to the point where I honestly, for those three years, I didn't know who I was. i had had such a strong sense of self. And then for three solid years, I struggled to regain a footing of the the pulani that I wanted to be, or at least to be someone that I would say I am proud of who I was. Because everything was just happening. It was like, I don't know, I was experiencing life, but I was like a passenger. And this life thing was happening. And I was watching this movie and it was driving past me. And I was participating, but I didn't even know how or what was happening. Like, it's like you're in a daze, honestly. It's like you're in a daze. I don't know. Things are just happening. And I remember my mother would always say to me, there's a dark cloud hanging over you. You are not yourself. I can see you are struggling. And she would say to me, do you hear oh. yourself when you talk to this boy on the phone? And apparently I kept saying to him, you don't love me. You don't love me. Like in all our phone conversations when we would be talking or having an argument or whatever, I would just tell him, you don't love me. So deep down within, I knew he didn't love me, but I wasn't myself to the point where I was like, I am getting out of this rubbish until three years later when I think we were still dating and I've been always active in church and he didn't want me to go to a choir practice. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what? You will never replace my God. And that's when I left. And that was it.
2: Yeah. Shit, this is deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it was never, ever. I never thought it was love. I never equated that to love. Love was never even a word that I used to describe this guy. For me, obsession is the only word that describes Mm. it. Because within those uh, interactions that we had, he expressed more than once that he loved me. I never responded. He expressed more than once he wanted to try a relationship with me and never wanted to pursue it. Because I know love. You asked what love is, Chi, is it a feeling? And I love what Bulani said, because for the longest time I thought love was a feeling. But all the people who I felt love towards and who expressed that they felt love to back towards mm-hmm. me never, never showed me love. They told me love, but they didn't show me love. And I come from a family that shows love. I know what love is. But for some reason, I couldn't separate just love from my family, from my mother, mm. and and to a love of a man. To me, this was sort of two different things. I don't know if maybe because I didn't grow up without a father, that I thought that that love has to be a different love. But love is love. Love, love is, is a verb. It truly is a verb. It's not a, a feeling. And now I no longer... I'm no longer chasing that feeling, to be quite honest. I'm no longer chasing the feeling of I feel love and whatever because most of the time it's not it. I'm I'm chasing someone who chooses to be with me, chooses to show me that they love me. You know, like I know love. I've experienced it, but in that sense, I I it, it truly was an obsession. And I, I'm gonna speak on a topic that's really. Still touchy in the waters of South Africa because you have the beloved Java and the Lady Zamaa, you mm. know. And Lady Zama expressed that she wrote in a series of tweets that Java raped her and da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm. Da, and they were in a relationship together. And then when she found out that he, he has a wife that he didn't tell her about or told her later within the relationship she then came with a claim that he has raped her. Now, I'm not going to say he did or he did not. But what I am going to say is that when I read her series of tweets, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. Exactly what she was talking about, because it's exactly what I have been through. And it was, I knew that a lot of people wouldn't understand it because... A few years, what was it? What three, four years ago, this guy that I'm telling you about, we we had an on and off thing where I would be able to, you know, whereas I, I was able to separate myself from him, and then by chance, the universe wanted us to meet again, and I think it it worked out in that way so that I could face whatever it was that was happening, you know, and every time it happened. I would not want to sleep with him, but I'd end up sleeping with him because he would beg me for sex. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. And every time afterwards, i go to the bathroom and I'd cry because, shit, this was dirty. This was, I don't like this person. I don't, why am I here, mm. you know? And then one situation happened when, um... Mm. Y'all know how much I loved Game of Thrones? Loved Game of Thrones. He'd recently moved to Johannesburg and we linked up, we saw each other. And, um... I think I'd just done a play at the market theater. And that day he called me or I called him probably called him. I don't remember. had a couple of drinks or he called me. I think he called me. I don't remember. And then he's like, ah, you want to hang out? It was a Sunday. And I was just like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? But if you're going to want to, if you're going to want me to sleep over, do you have DSTV? Because at 3am I wake up for my game of Thrones. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I have DSTV. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come through. I go to his place. I get there, guys. His room, his bed, there are clothes all over. Clothes. He's been sleeping the whole day. Mm. They are There's laundry everywhere. He's lying in that bed, depressed or nothing to do, whatever the fuck. And I get in there, and he wants me to now get in this bed. Okay? That's a weird vibe. I get in the bed. I'm looking around his apartment, his flat there's no television there. Okay, there's a MacBook or a Mac desktop, whatever. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll watch, maybe he's got DSTV now. I'll watch my Game of Thrones there. So do you have thing? I wanna watch Game of Thrones, i ask him Later on, no, he doesn't. I'm like, so you lured me here knowing that I can't, you don't have what you said I to, I'm gonna wanna watch Game of Thrones at night. I, what, what, what is this? <laughs> Y'all you know, I mean? yeah. know how much I love my Game of Thrones, guys, you know, right? He's just like, no, he doesn't have it. Now he wants me to get in this bed with him. like, okay, I'm here already. Let me just get in this bed. We're sitting there and chatting. And I'm just like, oh, he's so dirty. This is so dirty. And then he tried to kiss me. You know, when you are so disgusted by somebody, like, when he kissed me, it felt like I was inside the mouth of a yeah. dog. Like my entire face mm-hmm. is like the mouth of a dog. It was so disgustingly warm mm. and humid. And it was just gross, right? And now he's pinning me to the wall. And I'm just like, I actually just don't want this to happen. You know what I mean? Because we've had this a lot of times where... I'm fighting him. I'm like, I don't want this to happen and he's pinning me to the bed and eventually he'd get his way. I'd go to the bathroom and cry and wake up the next day and pretend like, oh, I really like you but like I know Mm -hmm. what happened last night but I can't Mm admit to myself. So now, in this current situation, he's pinning me to the wall and it's just nasty and I'm just like feeling like I'm truly inside a dog's mouth that hasn't you know, dogs don't even brush their teeth and I'm in there and I'm Oh, this feels so gross so i'm pulling away and and then i decide at that moment no i actually don't want this to happen stop it he he proceeds he proceeds and i and then i said to him this is feeling a bit rapey that's the first time i ever said that to him in years i said this feels very rapey and then he said he got mad angry how dare you use the word, the word rape with me? No, 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 fuck off. I actually should just leave and whatever. Because you're racist. Like, yeah. And then like a little girl... I, I, I felt myself going back into a shell. Oh, shit, I called him a rapist. Oh, my God, I'm in the wrong. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. And I started being apologetic and no, no, no. But then, then, then his ego deflated and he, he, then he proceeded to want to be physical again. But I still was just like, no, I don't want. Back then, Ubers had just become a thing. So then they hadn't introduced the cash option. So then I thought, "Mm, no, I need to leave the situation, I need to get out of here, right? I'm in a place I don't know, nor would he stayed and I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I am going to get myself an Uber, right? But now I don't have, I I didn't have, I think I didn't have it, I didn't have the app on me or something, or I didn't have cash, I don't know, but all I could do was do a cash thing. I said, okay, can you do it for me because I have money on me? So that I can go home. And then he's like, yeah, fine. I'll get you an Uber. Then he decides, no, actually, I'm not going to get you an Uber. I'm like, no, it's fine. Do it now. And I'll I will send you the money immediately. Right now, I'll send you, I'll forward you the cash. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. And then he decides, no, actually, no. I'm not going to get you an Uber. So I remove myself from his bedroom. I go sit in the lounge in the living area. Because I'm like, this is really not going to happen. Does this man not leave this is the most toxic thing. Like, does he not get out of his room and see me there? Cause my oh, and my phone was dying of batteries. So I'm like, I need to charge the phone. So he gives me the charger. I charge it on his desktop. I'm waiting for my phone to charge. And then I'm sitting there in his on his couch, waiting for my phone to charge so I can get myself an Uber, however which way I can get it. Does this is not a man get out of his room, see me there on the couch and decide he's going to switch off the lights where I'm sitting? It must be wow. dark so that I can get off that couch and go to the room. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. I'm going to actually sit here, right? Because I can now see he's trying to break me. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. Fine. My phone now seems like it's charging. I go to my phone. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I need to really get out of the situation. Who can I call? I called Chi, she, brah, she's in Cape Town. I'm like, Chi, I'm in a situation, get me an Uber. Now I'm gonna send you the, 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 the location. She doesn't ask any questions, brah. She can hear in my voice that it's not a vibe. She's just like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it for you now. I'm actually tearing up as I think about it. <sighs> and she's just, oh, sorry. Mm. Oh, okay. That was not the vibe. Mm, it's
0: okay. It's okay, baby girl. Ask. kiss. You, yeah. <laughs> you got out, though. You got out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. I got mm. out.
2: <sighs> so Chi is just like, no, I'm going to get you um, an Uber immediately. I send her my location. Now I'm waiting for... This Uber to um to get ready. I'm waiting and I'm looking at my phone. Does this man not come, guys? While I'm doing this thing, comes behind me and he's like humping me on my fucking back, bro. And I'm just like like a motherfucking dog. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? And he's trying to pick me up, and I'm just like at that moment. My 19-year-old self, where it began, Mm. could no longer excuse that behavior Mm. because I could see what it was. I couldn't, for the longest time, I excused it. I was like, no, it's not what it is. He's not. I said, yes, eventually. So it wasn't. So no, I wasn't raped. No, I'm not a victim. No, no, no. But that day, that night, it was evident even to myself that... You cannot excuse this is what's happening now. How many times have you said no? You are literally saying no. He's there behind you, camping you, and you are like, I'm looking at him like very disgusted, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, what is this? And he's trying to pick me up and what, 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 what. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa. Eventually, the Uber guy calls and whatever. And I just left. I left. And that day, that's the day I felt for the first time. That's when the Stockholm Syndrome uh, spell and the gaslighting and all of that Mm. died because it died that day. Everything, like everything, just that spell was over. The power he had over me was Mm. over. It was done. You know what I mean? Because Mm. I was just like, I actually got out this time and my no was reinforced. This time my no mattered this time i fought for myself and i got yeah. out and i left three minutes after getting to the uber does he not send me a message you need to grow the suck up what the hell was that shit
0: oh please nigga yeah you rapist that's what that was
2: Yes, right? And so I stopped speaking to him ever. And then I sent him a, a, a Facebook thing and I told him exactly what I And I called him out and I said, you're a rapist, is what you are. And I've shielded you from who you are for the longest time and... It's time I tell you. And I'm not even trying to threaten you. I'm not trying to lay charges. I'm telling you, you're going to do it to another woman. And the next time you do it, it's, it's not going to fly. You're a rapist. You succumb 100% to rape culture. He called me from Austria, mad as hell. We literally had a screaming match where he wanted me to admit that it wasn't. He's not a rapist. What wada, wada wada. We've always had like a back and forth thing. I've always tried to play hard to get. I'm like, no, I've told you no all those times and you did not hear me mm, you didn't hear mm. me you did not want to hear me you think you are entitled to my body sure we've had consensual sex during these moments but it was not always consensual. most of the time it wasn't consensual you are a disgusting person now let's call my lawyers and let's discuss this and i'm not gonna put my family through this shit are you crazy how am I even gonna prove to that? Like I said, there are people who saw me chase him. How do, how do you say to them? No, I, 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 he was raping me, whatever. When mm. people actively saw mm. you chase, like it's so complex. Do you know what I mean? But anyways, left, and that's was it. And but my my to drive the point home, while speaking to oh, shoot, while speaking to a a mutual friend, mm-hmm. we. Kind of spoke about him and she was like, oh, he's a disgusting person. He's even a rapist. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, he's a rapist. Turns out he raped their friend, had a similar situation. But for her, it was evident from the, from the get go. She didn't try to justify what he was doing. Yeah. And yeah. for me, it was a validation that I wasn't crazy. And that's why I think he got so pissed when I meant the word rapist is because he's been accused of that before. He now has a song where he talks about how he didn't rape that. Oh my gosh. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Anyways, that was my toxic <laughs> situation. And I think that's why most people don't leave, is because they do they are so demeaned in these relationships. Mm.
0: And you know what? Like, Zosh, like I, I think the first thing for me is like kudos, you know, that you got out of that situation. Some people never get out of that type of situation and some people end up in body bags so that's the first one that you were able to come to that realization the other thing is you don't need to excuse yourself in any way that people saw me chasing him um you know it was consensual sometimes but most of the time it wasn't even if it was one time yeah. Even if it was one time Mm. he raped you, right? And so whether you are in a relationship, whether you are married to somebody, nobody has dominion over your body, right? And so never, ever apologize for that. It doesn't matter. One time. One time is one time too many, you know? And just on what you had said, um, Pulani, like, I do agree with you that love, is certainly a choice. But yeah, I'm in my Cinderella and I'm very happy to be in my Cinderella. And I feel like, <laughs>
1: and, and I, I very,
0: like feel like it's a feeling, you know what I mean? Because I'm one of those people, I can't be told love, like Zondo articulated. You can't tell me you love me, right? When I cannot feel those gestures of love, whatever the case might be. And so that's why I say I fail to articulate it as a tangible thing, Because it varies. Do you know what I mean? Love languages are different. The way people express um, their love is quite different. Also dictated by their circumstances in life. But for me, I'm in my Cinderella. It definitely is still partly a feeling, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think for me, with love, you do have the honeymoon phase, you know? the stars are glistening, the roses smell beautiful, you know, you have candy unicorn rainbows just popping up from nowhere, you know. Oh, is that your life? Cloud nine is happening. Hmm? life? Yeah, I don't know that thing. Ah, no, these things happen. <laughs> there's, there's honeymoon phases, and then there's the phase <laughs> where now you know the person. Now, no, in fact, you see a new aspect of this person, right? And I'll talk to my experience as a married woman. Huh? <laughs> Here in St. Maryage, you know, all's gravy, you get married, you know, oh, he's the one. Ha, ha, ha. You get within. see Now you're within, you yeah, inside. Pagat. <laughs> Pagat. <laughs> now when you're here you start seeing uh different aspects to your partner's personality that you never saw mm. before and the person will piss you off that is guaranteed 155 percent you know this guy there's just that one day where you'll just be like my god my jesus mm. how who is this guy is it the same guy? And then that's where the decision comes in. You're like, am I am I able to live with this this new somebody? This brand new, I don't know what face this is. Is this something I'm willing to live with? Can this be you know worked on? Is this person willing to work on us? So for me, uh, it's the same thing as Zandra said. You can't tell me you love me, and Your actions not show. You need to show that you will, I can rely on you, number one. You want to spend time with me, yeah? I feel safe when I'm around you. I feel like myself at all times. Even when I say the most out of order whatever, you know, if I'm in the wrong, you'll say to me, you'll keep a 100. You'll be like, ah, here, you know, you're going a bit astray or left field, you know? But I can be myself. I, I'm not tiptoeing around you. We're in this thing together. This is a life partnership thing. We are friends. And we want to spend time with each other. We want to be in the same space. If I am experiencing a problem, I know I, you will come and you got my back. You know, it won't just be a I'll always be there for you and then when shit hits the fan, you are nowhere to be found. Girl, they be you like can't that. even... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Please be like that. <laughs> yeah, so um that's why I say it's a choice. You choose to show up for me every day and also choose to show up for you every day. And it's like that with all our other relationships, like our friendships our family members, you know, we can step on each other's toes. It's normal for people to have a difference of opinion or even conflict. But then when you have a difference of opinion, are you just going to let this thing, you know, hang in the air and you're not going to resolve anything? If it's worth uh, carrying on the relationship, we will sit down and we will discuss whatever our differences are and we will iron out whatever needs to be ironed out. And if we agree to disagree, we agree to disagree, but we keep it moving in love, Mm. you know, Mm. never try to call you out in front of people. I know who don't have your best interests. If I see you're going down a path that I see leads to destruction and I see you cannot see, I will tell you this path you're going down. It's not the one Mm. for you. And you may like what I'm saying, but I think also within our friendship as well, you will know that I'm, I mean it from I come from a place of well-meaning, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why mm-hmm. our parents, I mean, our parents also get on our nerves. You know, those women can just those mothers that just out of uh-huh. all, they just make <laughs> statements where you're just like, oh, my God. But, you know, this woman means well. Yeah. Even with Mm. this out-of-order statement, you're like, okay, I know she meant it from a place of love. Mm. So even if you're angry, you get over the anger, you're like, I'm trying to understand her point of view because I know she was just trying to come and protect me because she doesn't want anything bad to happen to me. So for me, that's love. I don't have to, I I can't say you feel it, but for me, I don't go off of feeling. I go off of, are you showing up for me? Mm. Mm. am I showing up Mm. for you I love you therefore you you know and if you show up for me and you're consistent you love me and then we can you know the butterflies and the whatnot they escape but you know these are the things that you see and especially if you've been in a toxic relationship you see these things that night and day when you do see them you know you, you then appreciate you come to an appreciation of what love really is, like what it means to be cared for. It's not someone who's showered. Well, you know, for some people, it is being showered with gifts mm. 24-7, 365 and all of that. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to take that shape or form because even the abusers, they can shower you with gifts 24-7, 365, take you on luxury, you know, getaways and all that nonsense. On on Instagram, it can look like the cookie cutter picture perfect relationship. It is the things that this person does when there's no one looking, when there's just two mm. of you together, how this person behaves in relation towards you. So with my experience of this toxic relationship, I was able to then to then appreciate when 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 genuine affection was you know, given my way, I was then able to appreciate it. I wanted the roses and the flowers and the chocolates and whatnot. Not, not, my person is not a romantic <laughs> I buy you chocolates, I buy you flowers <laughs> type of person, you know. But you see it in the things that he does. Yeah. The other thing. Mm. The things that are not classically romantic. That's that romantic boo.
0: You know how rad can (laughs) these boys be? I mean, a man that shows up. Nah, bruh, that is
1: romantic, my nigga. Bruh, redefine romance. They will need to redefine romance, bruh. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't necessarily, he doesn't need to buy me flowers. He doesn't need to buy me, you know, and I got to accept that because I see the consistencies, that he's keeping up with, you know, it's not the flowers, it's not the chocolates, we're not doing, you know, date night every Thursday or whatever, Mm. but my husband, I promise you, I could be in a burning house, that man will try to figure out how to get me out, Mm. and that's all I need, Mm. yeah, I know. Whatever. High five,
0: nigga, <laughs> pharaoh, you know. Do your thing. Do your thing.
2: We you you love Farrell. Farrell is a, a lot <laughs> of bro. He made an impression on us as well. I was also like a very picket fence, uh, you know, pink house, better roses, kind of chick, flowers. My, my, <laughs> my whole love. Aspect of love, or how I thought love was, was very fairy tale. But I think what I'm grateful for in terms of the toxic relationships that I've been in, they have truly showed me what love is and what love is not, and what I want to accept and what I'm willing to accept and what I cannot accept for myself. And I think that's the blessing that I have had in my 30s, where I'm really learning, relearning to love myself for me, you know, and whoever comes into my space is someone who I'm really not looking for that stuff. I'm not looking for, I'm really not looking for, for roses and stuff. All I want, just like I'm saying, we redefine romance. I just, it's exactly what Bulani says, show mm. up. Can I call you at 3am and you'll pick up the phone and I need you here because It's it's rough for me. I you know I mean are you there? Are you there for me when I need you to be there for me? You know? Obviously I still have my triggers because of those toxic relationships. But I mean I've recently met somebody, don't know if it's gonna go anywhere. But what I appreciate about the somebody is how he responds, I think, to my erratic behavior. It hasn't been (laughs) as erratic, but when I've had (laughs) <laughs> when I've had my triggers, you know, like this week I've had triggers. He's triggered me unawares that he's triggering me. Obviously he's not going to be aware. My- Until
0: he listens oh. to this.
2: I'm not, he- not going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what I appreciate about this person is that he recognizes when i am having a moment that's not related to him because i've also i also recognize when i'm projecting and i have be like okay well like for this instance this week was weird i projected some stuff and then i realized oh you know it has nothing to do with this person i'm definitely projecting and when i apologized about it because i'm very emotive so when I express how I, I I feel, people will make me feel like I'm crazy, they're always complaining. But with this guy, the experience has been completely different. My feelings seem to matter. Yeah. It seems to be like, Oh, okay, that's how you are feeling. It's fine, you were feeling like that. You are allowed to feel a certain way. I'm not gonna take it personally. Stop apologizing. It's okay. And they keep on saying, don't stress, because they have the wherewithal to realize, oh, okay, she was having a moment. And right now she needs me to understand that she was having a moment and reassure her that the moment that she had hasn't ruined whatever we are trying to learn about mm-hmm. each other. And that for me has been really uh, a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I think it's, it's also just, yeah, thanks to those toxic relationships. You wish you never have them, but there's something to learn about those because they teach you what you don't want and what you should not accept. And yeah, man, freak. Wow. Okay. That's just been so deep.
0: <laughs> it certainly <laughs> has, guys. Um, I think we need to wrap up now. But I think from my vantage point, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a wife of nobody. I'm a I'm nobody's wife. I'm chi mm. out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, Existing out here, because like, I just, I can't stomach it. I can't stomach somebody laying their hands on me. I cannot stomach people speaking to me anyhow. I cannot stomach being used as an object. They're just particular things that are like hard set in my head that will just not happen. You know what I mean? And so partnership is amazing. Um, It's nice to have, like you guys have both said, somebody that you know you can depend on. But if I need to write my mom as next of kin for the next 10 years, it's right. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather wait for that person who respects me than engage in a toxic relationship just because I want somebody to choose me. And I think from my experience, the only toxic relationship I've really been in is from A financial perspective, you know, where I feel like I might have been taken advantage of financially because I had, you know, a bit more cash or, you know, fridges needed to be bought, whatever. Thing I just, you know, I want to say is, I do empathize with people who do find themselves in these situations Stockholm Syndrome, Israel. Our understandings and perceptions of love are different, but like just more light and power, sisters and brothers, you know what I mean? Like, if you're in that situation, you'll find a way out, and nobody can tell you. Nobody can tell you. We can, you can listen to this podcast, but until you're ready. Like nobody can make you leave that situation,
1: yeah, yeah, Chi. um I think, in closing, I would just like to say, you know, we pray and hope that everyone who's in a toxic situation garners the strength and the ability to leave and get themselves to a safe place before tragedy strikes because. We don't want to lose anyone, you know, don't want to lose our sisters, our brothers. We want all of us to stay together, happy in the light, full of love and life, you know? So if you feel as if you're alone in any type of situation, you're never alone. There's always someone there that you can reach out to. Never believe that you're alone because that's the thing that keeps you also within a certain situation. Mm -hmm there's always someone, some way to reach out to. Even if you don't believe you can, just reach out to that person and they will try their level best to assist you. Or try these, you know, help groups for battered women, battered children, battered spouses. Just get help and get out.
2: Just one last thing, I know I know, we're running out of time, but after, just to add on to what Bulani said, also, shame is such a big part of... Shame is what waters yes. these relationships. It waters these relationships because you're filled with shame. And so your shame doesn't allow you to say to other people, hey, you know, like at the beginning, you, you, you relate... The story of the family where the man killed the woman, but their Insta was popping; they were happy family. Mm. So the shame of saying it's not as great, it's not, doesn't look so mm. good. It's it's not inside. It's it's really it's how, the exterior does not represent the interior of our place. So shame waters these relationships and allows them to grow. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for not. Having the discernment to see that this is what is going to lead to, for being afraid to leave, for forgiving the first time,
1: mm-hmm. do
2: not allow your shame to dictate to you who you are. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself. Do not allow, cause shame, shame will will really let you stay in the worst things. And for me, that's what I realized the most in my toxic relationships—that what allowed them to thrive was I was ashamed. I was ashamed that everyone perceives me as a strong woman, but here I am in a situation where I'm so weak. Mm -hmm. So I'm ashamed to go back and say, guys, I'm weak. I'm ashamed to go and say, I am insecure. I'm ashamed to say it's not working up. This beautiful relationship is not beautiful. Do not let the shame take over you. Mm -hmm. Have power over the shame because like I said, it waters these relationships keeping to toxic relationships forgive yourself
0: for staying that is absolutely beautiful and i think it's so true and a lot of the time and i'm just gonna call them predators that's what predators that's what Mm. they want to achieve they want you to be ashamed they want you to only depend on them you know Mm. you guys sometimes we talk about the heavy things but I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's time to, to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for the conversations, Being these I think it was a very important one to have.
2: Mad love. Mad love. Mad love, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.